and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen podcast right here on planettyro.com. I am your host, Donald Wonder, and I'm joined by my ever loving, ever asshole ish co host, Simon Red. Yeah, the man, the man of perfect scheduling, right? Yeah, when is this going to go up? Next week? Two weeks from now? Never? I never know with you. Don't worry your pretty little head about it. You don't even listen to the recordings after we do them for the most part. Anyway, guys, thanks for checking us out, especially you podcast guys. We love the love. And actually, the podcast, the people joining the Woody Allen podcast are going up. The rankings are going up, so we really appreciate that. On the last discussion me and Simon had, we spoke about that comedian mockumentary movie, Zalig. If you missed that discussion, you can Zalig. Zalig. You're German, you can pronounce it properly, I can't. I don't even think Woody Allen pronounced it the way you just I'm pronounced German it. I'm German now. Yeah. You know, you're not, not everybody who speaks German is German. That's not how it works. You don't, like, adapt the country. Screw you. Anyway, guys, you can click on the top YouTube card on the top right-hand corner to go back to the discussion for Zay League. Thank you once again to the podcast, guys. But if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget, we've got a playlist for all the other Woody Allen reviews we're doing because we're doing a retrospective on the filmography of Woody Allen, obviously. And we've got a hashtag on Twitter, on Google. Just put, just go to google.com, put in the hashtag Woody Allen Retro and you'll get all the recordings. It's the easiest way to do it. Moving forward, we'd always like to remind you guys, even though it's a bit patronizing, these are obviously spoiled discussions. We spoiled the movie we're about to talk about. So we would prefer you go and watch the movie, come back and listen to us bitch and complain or praise the movie and now we're going to get into the next one so simon if you could tell us what we're getting into on this recording all right so another woody allen directed 80s film from 1984 this one is uh broadway danny rose starring woody allen directed by woody allen and uh mia farrow once again returning as a diane keaton replacement uh, that's not true that's not true but go on <laughs> uh, yeah, I, oh, we, you and me are gonna beef about this, but okay. um, as most people can tell, yeah, this is another love story, but this time wrapped around the legend of Danny Rose. This movie is basically a group of acts, acts and comedians and performers at a restaurant, recollecting legendary stories about the one and only Danny Rose, who was a comic turned manager, whose life and trials and misdemeanors and failures have become urban le legends around Broadway. And this one in particular is one of the most legendary ones. If that makes sense. Did I use the word legendary enough to, to prepare people for the epicness? Wow, you, you sound salty already. <laughs> Yo, I just watched this movie and it, this is retracking familiar territory. I'm not gonna say it's bad, but to give you a brief summary, everybody leaves Danny Rose because he gives it his all and once again, he's picking up an old singer, an Italian singer, very traditional, who used to be big back in the day, but is down on his luck, has an alcohol problem. And before a big performance, he needs his mistress to show up to give him, like, you know, the strength to pull through. Yeah, exactly. There you go. But guess what? The mistress hates him because he's also apparently cheating with another broad. And the mistress, played by Mia Farrow, seems to be bad news. Like, trouble follows her around. And when... Her and Danny Rose meet that one thing leads to the other and they end up in this wild goose chase of being haunted by the mob. That's it. I don't wanna I don't wanna give away more, you know, if you haven't yeah. seen it yet. We could we could get into details later, but that's yeah. that's the main gist of it. It's a Woody Allen movie. 
once again, a little bit of a retrack of the 70s, you know? Yeah, first of all, Simon actually just finished watching the movie. I mean, about five or ten minutes before we did the recording, which is new, because usually we let, the re- we let it breathe, but due to scheduling, I'll just talk Simon right now, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe your opinion, Simon, might be a bit too salty. Maybe if you let your mind breathe, maybe you're a bit more... I'm sensing some saltiness on you, so... You know what? I just, I just want to challenge you. Because I'm sick and tired of the, well, if this movie was you were watching it on your own versus if you were watching it as a Woody Allen fan. I'm like, no, no, no. no. I want to hear what you think. I, I want to I wanna exercise your mind a bit. All right. I thought I did that on the previous reviews, but if I didn't, then I apologize. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention because I didn't yeah. care that much. Yeah, but that, that, that but today I, I'm more communicative. Simon, for, for, just for the record, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Usually you have around five percent on my attention. I think today that creeped up to eight. So you're doing good. All right. So getting back to the movie, this is a movie generally very well received. I thought this movie before when I watched it ages ago, and now I think this is a very easy feel good movie. I came away thinking, hey, I feel good. That was a good movie. The first thing I'll dispute with you is I don't actually think this is a love story. To be honest with you, I think this is just it's romantic. Come it's on, romantic. it's romantic. It's, it's I would say it's not a love story, especially the way it ends. Just, that doesn't necessarily mean they end up together or whatnot. But okay, what would you say? Romantic comedy? Yeah, definitely. I would say a romantic. Okay. I would say a, I would say a comedy with romance is more a comedy. I'll meet with you halfway. Okay. okay, that's that 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 seems reasonable. It, yeah. it, it, honestly, it doesn't. We don't. It doesn't really matter who's right, who's wrong. It, that, that doesn't matter. Generally, let me talk about the aspects of the film. First of all. It's another film Woody Allen did in black and white, which I do think lends itself well to to the kind of thing he was going for. It does black and white makes movies age a bit better, especially Woody Allen knows how to direct a movie, and I just think it was a good choice. And I think this is one of the last movies he does in black and white. I think there's one or two more down the line. This was fine. It was shot really well. It was shot, you know, with a lot of comedians, a lot of. You know, I think this movie set in the '60s. So we get to see a lot of the like rotating comedians of the time. And again, yeah, Woody true. Allen says this was a homage to him growing up at this time because this is the age where he grew up being a, a silent comedian. So he was kind of reliving his past and the people who grew up with. And this movie kind of reminded me a little bit of The Front because in The Front, we got to see, obviously that was doing with the blacklist and the writers, but we got to see from the writers and producers perspective of Hollywood and how they had to struggle and this what well, more so I know what you mean the show business yeah show exactly business. just the show business. and just seeing like the show business side of a comedian and these these acts at Woody Allen I thought that was great now the one thing I really liked which again I heard you wasn't too big a fan of I actually like the narrative structure of the way the story is told for Woody Allen's character is a group of friends getting together and talking about this character Danny Rose in anecdotes like, oh Danny Rose did this Danny Rose did that it kind of gave me the feeling of, you know, guys speaking about a character. It, it just actually gave me a little bit of a, a friendly immersion. And from the way Woody Allen directs his movies as a normal movie, I thought this was a different, this was the first time he did it in this way. It it worked for me. But I, well, again, it took, I think they told one or two mini stories before they got to the main one. So that was a bit whatever. That that That's what turned me off. I sure. Think, like that. I thought it was a little bit slow in the beginning because I don't mind these people recollecting this guy like a living legend, you know, because that, that makes it that makes it cool. You know, it, it builds you up with expectation. But the movie didn't really do much with it because the moment Woody Allen comes in, you immediately know anything, everything you need to know about the character that he's, you know, 
very passionate, takes everything very personal. He's the friend in need and never gets reward for it. Yeah. So that joke of who's this iconic guy and it's, you know, what do you know? It's Woody Allen. <laughs> well, I like the way they, I will say this. I would criticize it more if when they brought up the story, that was just the end and they never went back to them. But there's, you know, in between them telling the story, they kind of go back and <laughs> oh, oh, laugh okay. and comment about it. So, <laughs> Like the waitress doesn't bring out like a dead rabbit. <laughs> the movie just cuts. <laughs> we never get back to them. You know, at the consistency. Allen, 20, yes, yeah, exactly. Twenty years from there, yeah, like twenty years from now, Woody Allen comes in and says, "Oh, actually, those guys never existed. They were a bunch of ghosts in a restaurant." <laughs> Simon's referring to Stardust memories. If those of you who didn't listen to that review, but I, I thought, let me actually, I thought that was fine. I thought it was a nice little, different way to tell the story, which I didn't have a problem with. Sure. Now, since you since you brought up Woody Allen, let me focus on his character for a minute. He was doing acting in this movie. He wasn't really himself. Like uh, his appearance was very Woody Allen like, and his comedic demeanor. But this was a full on character. He went out of his way to create this character. You stole the words out of my mouth. I was just about to say. I think I think most people have agreed this is one of Woody Allen's best performances for the character. And the funny thing is, as soon as the movie starts, Woody Allen is a hundred percent into this character. He's motor-mouthing, and this character and the character from Play Against Sam, I think kind of shows some of Woody's best acting range as the Woody Allen character. Now, in Play Against Sam, that was a neurotic, loveless dupe, but this character, it's not the same, but he's got those Woody Allenisms. I mean, there's a scene where him, he's trying to convince Mia Farrow's character, Tina, to come with him, and he's going... He's just going, talking, 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 making up all these excuses to try to get her to come. And his dialogue, the way he's executing his dialogue with his with his, with his words and just the way he rambles. I mean, this is honestly, I think this is one of Woody Allen's best characters he's written for himself. He executed that really well. And as the story goes on, the character's got a lot of heart, which you might have found cheesy. I don't know because I'm about to ask you, but I thought this was an excellent performance by Woody Allen specifically. <sighs> well... The thing is, when Mia Farrow comes in and we get to the main plot line of him having to get this woman to show up to this guy's performance, the movie immediately picks up it because really good. Like, it's a funny, it, the setting's great. Basically, the idea that she's also dating this other Italian guy because her first husband was already a, a, a dude linked to the mob he was <laughs> what did they call him he was the juice man or the juicer or yeah, yeah. <laughs> some stupid name like that basically he was collecting protection money and they shot his ass and now she started dating this other guy who's more of a reserved type he's a poet and a very sensitive guy so immediately when he he finds out that he, she's seeing someone else he tries to commit suicide and the old italian grandma immediately goes into a mob boss mode and orders like these two goons to, to execute Woody Allen, who they think at the time is the dude dating him. Hence the reason they start calling him Danny White Rose, like yeah. he's some legendary mob, <laughs> you know, mob enemy. Yeah. And they, and they start cheating. I thought that was great. I, you know, I love the Godfather. That's why I thought this was like originally meant for Diane Keaton, because I thought this was another Godfather joke or something. You know, actually, since you touched on that, I, I do want to say that, honestly, here's the thing with Diane Keaton. I miss her as well, but I I think if Woody Allen worked with Diane Keaton for most of his career, it probably would have been to his detriment and people would have just thought she was a crutch. He's, he's nah. too much. No. 
no, 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 because you you can feel you can tell because every time Diane Keaton came into the movie, she elevated it from like a nine point five to a ten, you know. Mm. And if it wasn't nine point five, if it was a seven, it went up to an eight point five. If it was a six, it went up to a seven. You know, you get what I'm saying? I do. I mean, I, I uh, let me just say, I didn't get to the point where I was. I said I've had enough of Diane. No, no, I didn't say I, was, I had enough of Diane Keaton. That's not it. I and don't get me wrong, I was kind of heartbroken myself that she wasn't in. She's not because she ain't coming back for a long time. <laughs> and when she does, it's only once or twice. So guys, you know, just we we all have to get over it. But. I want to give Mia Farrow a chance. So speaking about Mia Farrow's character, we've seen her in, I think, two or three movies prior to this. And this is the first time she really stands out. And she, she you know, she puts in the accent. She wears the glasses. She does really well under Woody Allen's direction. And just as an actor as well, it's the first one I thought, that is a really good performance. I thought she did pretty well. Again, no Diane Keaton. But again, I want to, I want to refrain from comparing all these other female actors to Diane Keaton. I don't really think it's fair. On her own merits, I thought she was good in the in the role. But well, I don't know. Maybe if she was a little bit younger and Asian, I would have liked her better. I don't. Oh, I'm not oh, sure. Man. <laughs> oh man, Simon. Man. Yeah, nah, I'm, I'm I'm joking. I'm being an asshole because I'm not as tired as I usually am. So more of my personality comes out. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually I'm trying to be PC and all, all serious. Like I evaluate her performance to be remarkable for her charisma. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad to get to hear the real you, Simon. I'm glad. <laughs> Basically, what I'm trying to say is, uh, when she's introduced, she's a little bit eh, but she gets really good. And to be fair to her, she only did two movies prior with Woody Allen. One was the mockumentary, where she had basically no dialogue. Like, the older version of her, played by a different actress, spoke more in the film. Mm. And then it was obviously a midsummer sex comedy, where her character was already detached, but a lot of people didn't get it, and... And she won the Razzie for, for that performance. Yeah, that, well, that's something. There you go. There, there's something. Oh, she was nominated. Celebrate. Sorry, she was nominated for the Razzie. Nominated. Oh, sorry. man. Sorry. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride, right? Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so this is her chance to shine, and she takes the opportunity. She was fine. And like you said, at this point, she's not replacing actual characters written for Diane Keaton. As surprising that is, this was actually written with her in mind, or just general. Doesn't matter. She's good. Nothing more to add, really. Like, my problem is that this movie feels very deliberate to be different. With the setting, with the change. Like, I'm like, you're doing another comedy, but you're trying to switch it up, which I commend you for. But I wish you would have kept the damn editor from uh, Annie Hall. Because so much of this movie is flat. And then you get to the really good parts. And it's not a long movie. I'm not saying you have long scenes that don't work or Mm -hmm. long parts of the movie that are just bad. I'm just saying you chip away certain things here and there and you can really get the best of Woody Allen because he's such a creative guy. He has so many ideas. I feel like he tried to shove all these things into one movie. Like it's said back in the day. It's a tribute to the showbiz and the comics and the managers that he grew up with. It's also shot in black and white. So it's a bit more artistic and it's a bit more of an artistic edge to it. But it also has a romantic angle, but it's also a tragic character. I'm like, the best thing about some of Woody Allen's acting when he does films like this are the more tragic elements. I said this with The Front. I said it with, uh, at least for me, with Midsummer Sex Comedy. When he's being honest and when he's really channeling what these characters are about, why they're lonely, why they're sad, what's called their internal tragedy, he's really good. And if there was less of the other stuff in the film and more about diving into his character and maybe, you know, Mia Farrow's character a bit, then we could have gotten 
more of that and that would have given the film more of an emotional weight because hmm. that's why the ending's great the ending is in my opinion beautifully directed hmm. it's done you know in manhattan it's a snowy day because it's around thanksgiving and it's cold and it's just a silent scene where you don't hear the characters are talking to each other but you don't hear it all with one shot from one angle it's a nice wide shot of the street with pedestrians and i think it's a really nice moment yeah and i think the whole movie could have been like that in my opinion Okay, I mean, it's not, you know, I've, I've criticised movies you've liked and other people have liked too, so I, I hear you. The thing I didn't like about the movie, especially watching it the second or third time now, is that when um, Mia Farrow's character does Woody Allen wrong, the way Woody wrote her guilt, I don't know if I, it's not that I didn't believe it, but it was so drawn out to the point where it was ruining her relationship and I was like, you did him wrong, but you didn't do him so wrong where you would be you know i don't and she you know she seemed like a bitch anyway so for her <laughs> uh, she, she kind of admitted that they have a they even have a you know part where woody allen says that you know you need guilt if you if you don't have guilt then you're just gonna go through life doing horrible things she's like ah you just gotta live life you just gotta do what you gotta do so yo it's called an arc because that yeah. it was set up that she doesn't live with guilt, she doesn't believe in guilt. I know, I what? know. At I'm, the I'm, end of the movie, she yeah. changes. Yeah, I'm, she... I'm saying I didn't buy it too much because if she would have had to done him a lot more wrong than she did, you know. Nah, and nah, anyway, you... and and by the way, the thing that she did, she did it before the fact she even knew him anyway. So anyway, whatever. Yo, I, yo that that that's your Twitter. Uh, sorry, that's your Tinder profile talking. That's just you having all these damn blind dates, and getting all these bad experiences, man. You need to let go of your bias. Give the girl a chance. Whatever. I don't even know where you're getting that from. But <laughs> either way, <laughs> it's a minor complaint because I obviously I like the movie a lot more than you do. I think it's a a feel good movie. I came away thinking this is. I actually think the movie was excellently executed. I will agree that. At the beginning, they it kind of muddled that, you know, them talking about him a little bit. It, that went on, maybe that could have been cut a little bit. But apart from as soon as they get into the story to the end, I thought it was fine. I didn't find any problems with it. And the last bit, I didn't obviously didn't mention the music and the soundtrack. I thought the music was really good. I mean, mm. how could we sidestep one of the other characters? The character, the main character that Woody Allen is working for, or you know, the guys he's managing for. This guy, this Italian singer, or whatever. You know, he does a lot of songs in the movie, which is great. They sound really good. The actor who plays him is good. He, even though he's a bit of an arsehole, obviously he's a two, he's a cheating bastard and he kind of stabs Woody Allen in the back at the end. Nick Apollo Fort is the actor's name, I believe, who plays Lou. He was good. He was good. The music on the whole was good. And actually, I did check. There is a nine-track soundtrack for this movie, but I don't know if it's official or not. Either way, you can get the songs on iTunes, I believe, separately, but I don't know. The album I'm seeing doesn't seem like an official release. I think someone just cobbled it together. Either way, I thought the music was good. It suits the time. It suits the era, the comedic era, and those pieces where, you know, the guy's singing in the movie are actually really good. The songs are really good. So, you know, again, Woody Allen, when it comes to cinematography, music, I mean, these are like foregone conclusions. They, they just are good in general. I wouldn't say it stands out, but they were good. Yeah, I mean, there's. A, I don't want to criticize it a lot more because uh, there are so many moving bits with these films. Because Woody Allen does films quick. I mean, he almost does one every single year. Sometimes it takes a bit of a break, but 
soon we're going to get into the phase where he does multiple movies per year or something like that, you know, very close together. And I, I heard that there was a rumor that both Robert De Niro and Sylvester Stallone were considered to be yeah. in the film, I think, is the character of Lou himself, yeah. the singer. Yeah. Which I'm like, oh, I don't know, I would have paid to see that. Both of them singing, really? I think they that turned it down. I think they actually yeah. both turned it down. I think he offered and they both turned it down. So. Nah, man, I, I, I turned down that offer as well. But anyway, the fan reception for the movie on IMD Rotten Tomatoes is in the 7s to 8s. This is one that actually the fans like a lot and this is where Woody Allen's star was actually starting to rise a little bit again, bit by bit by bit, to the point where this movie was nominated for two Oscars as well, I believe for Best uh, Director and Best Cinematography, I believe, but I know it was two Oscars either way and he got a lot of other Golden Globe nominations. People like it. People really liked Mia Farrow after this. And yeah, Woody Allen star is starting to climb and I believe the next movie, if I'm looking at the right name, which I'm not going to say, might be amazing it's the purple rose of cairo if that's it then that is i didn't want to say anything you ain't seen it wow <laughs> that Yo, movie the, is the title says it all you know you're in for the treat i mean that's the thing this this is woody allen's creative phase you know these couple of years and mid 80s it, it gets really good i mean every movie's gonna be different it really paid off for zelic like you said this was a nice revision of his comedy style kind of doing this uh, retrospective recollection of uh, memoirs. Yeah. And now we're going to go even deeper into his creativity. You know, this yep. next movie is going to be even more different. So it, at least it's refreshing. I think that's why so many people enjoy watching this movie because it feels very fresh. It's very easy to watch. I think I think also people like to, to see that time of ever with the comedians. And I should have mentioned, those guys that were talking about with the anime today were actually real comedians. Even in the credits, you can see he actually notes the comedians. I'm not, I think some of them are meant to be fictional, some of them real, but either way, he had a lot of real comedians in the movie. And this movie honestly does feel like a homage to that time. And you know, what this the character Danny Rose is actually meant to be based off Woody Allen's actual manager as well, as well as another character, kind of an amalgamation of two characters, so two real people. So, hey man, guys, uh, there's a lot of information on this movie you might want to check out, and you can check out the information. In the Woody Allen Pages Watcher's Guide, I mean, this movie is chocked with a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff we didn't really get into, and I'll put a link in the description. You can get the ebook off Amazon. Really great read, as usual. As always. As always. Or you can, one of your friends can get it, and you can just share and save the two pounds. Oh, come on, Simon, man. Your, your assholishness is on a whole new level now. <laughs> <laughs> a cup of coffee. Hey, it, it, if they haven't got it so far, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know, sell your blood if you live in a country where they still pay for that. That's okay. another option. Guys, check out the Woody Allen pages. I'll put a link in the description. And my boy Simon is on the road today. I, I got it. You know, I, I think I've given him enough rope to hang himself. So we're going to call it quits on this recording. And we're going to see you on the next one. But of course, Simon, I'm going to thank you for joining us on this one and sharing a bit more of your true self, which I always tell people you're an arsehole, but they don't believe me. But now maybe they will. <laughs> Who cares what they think? Anyway, yeah, thank you for having me. I still should have been <laughs> dying Keaton, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch any hall now. All right, man. Guys, if you're on YouTube, you can see there's annotation on the screen to click and you can see the other views we've done for Woody Allen, other stuff we do on Planet Tyro. Thanks for this on the podcast. Subscribe to the channel, give us a thumbs up. And until then, we'll see you on the next one.